Welcome to the Inclusive Education Project. I'm Vicki Brett. I'm Amanda Salohi. We're two civil rights lawyers on a mission to change the conversation about education, civil rights, and modern activism. Each week, we're going to explore new topics which are going to educate and empower others and give them a platform to enact change in education and level the playing field. All right, back from Thanksgiving. Does 2019 is almost over. Oh, gosh. we are in the final stretch, you guys. This is it. It's December. It's happening. I hope you guys are ready for a winter break because it's going to happen before you know it. Yeah. Have your kids home all the time. That's a lot. <laughs> for Thanksgiving, the daycare closed a little early. so. But it was Blair's first Thanksgiving. Yeah, Blair's first Thanksgiving, which was great because she met my husband's side of his extended family and his mom, but Blair's baba. That's how you say it in oh. Japanese. Yeah. Gigi is grandfather, which is, I would oh. think like... Because I hear so many Gigi. people about like, yeah. Gigi. Is like mm, the grandma. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's so weird, but she was very like swelling with pride. Like oh, she sure. was just like so excited to have Blair there and like show her off. So that was fun. That's so it's always nice to have a lot of hands on deck and you can kind of relax a little bit. But you were up with your mom. You guys had like fake Christmas. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Early. It, we early. call it mini Christmas. Oh, okay. I like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay Basically, because I'm not going to be in California for Christmas. So we like had to wrap everything all up in one then my brother's girlfriend is getting deployed to okinawa so she won't be there either so we you know decided let's just all get have this opportunity to not just have thanksgiving but so we were up there in the newbury park area all weekend to kind of celebrate you know basically all of it in one and it's a lot for family, but it's it was a lot fun. of holidays. A lot, yeah, a lot. a lot of holidays, and then it just yeah. keeps going. But you know what? It forced me to do is it forced me to get all my Christmas shopping done early. Mm-hmm. So I had it done like mm-hmm. the week before Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's just a few more things. To and do. I also feel like the deals. I feel like right after Halloween, I started seeing early Black Friday deals, and I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. Well, Black Friday isn't just a couple hours anymore. Black Friday like is an entire Thanksgiving. month. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it really is. Yeah, it's Crazy. ridiculous. It but is. you guys. We are so excited, and I know I always say that, but Michelle Sullivan is on our podcast, and we actually followed her before we even knew we needed to have her on. Oh, yeah, it was on like Instagram. so, like, this world is just getting smaller and smaller for a She started and with Little Warrior <laughs> t-shirts, and, I mean, she is a warrior in and of herself. Yeah, she check is her amazing out on advocate Instagram. for her children. Yeah. She's got an amazing podcast that just is there to share stories. She's advocated for her son, Eli, to be fully included yes. and has a book called Eli Included that she wrote mm-hmm. to kind of put it out in the universe that being included is so important and it should be the norm. Well, we talked to her about how it was just kind of a little idea, right? Littlest Warrior started off just as a t-shirt. She's just like, I kind of was always creative and just was thinking. And and then that kind of turned into this advocate like a mother, right? And so we talked to her really about her journey and how, you know, she's able to be an activist in her own right and doing it. And here in Orange County, which was great. So we hope that you guys enjoy. And yeah, definitely check it out. They have a lot of cute gear. Oh, yeah, um, all the t-shirts. I was like like, scrolling through. For the holiday. We need need some of these. I know. So they'll be good gifts probably. Yeah. That's where um, I'm going with it. Yeah. So if you haven't gotten done with that Christmas shopping, (laughs) include some shirts in there. Check out Littlest Warrior and enjoy Michelle Sullivan. 
So I want to welcome Michelle Sullivan. Thank you so much for coming onto our podcast. Please say hello and kind of give a little spiel about yourself. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, my name is Michelle Sullivan. I'm the owner of Littlest Warrior Apparel. Um, it was started because of my son, Eli. He's five now and he has Down syndrome. We live in Orange. I have three teenage daughters. Actually, I take that back. My oldest just turned 20. Oh my so God. Oh. <laughs> I can't say that you anymore. Look fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eli's the light of our life, and we're just having so much fun with him. He is so cute. Um, Thank you. I, we were telling you earlier, we follow you on Instagram, and it's just. I love, like, he's so, so cute. Thank you. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Why don't you talk a little bit about The Littlest Warrior? Yeah, so I started Littlest Warrior after Eli came home from the hospital from his open heart surgery. I kind of think the first six months of his life, I was just kind of holding my breath. Just like, is he going to make it? Because when I was pregnant with him, the doctor told me the most likely he would be stillborn. And then if he did survive, that he wouldn't survive his heart surgery. And so I kind of had that in the back of my head that he was going to die And so when he did survive his heart surgery, I was like, okay, I can breathe now. I can think I can (laughs) live this amazing life with this guy that I've been given and just started thinking about all the things that I wanted to do. And one of the things I thought about is, you know, like the doctor made his life, you know, so invaluable. And so I wanted, you know, what way can I show the world that we love him and he's valuable and he's not a burden and I'm like, what a perfect way with a t-shirt. <laughs> Walking down the street, everyone can read what's on his shirt and they know that we're not suffering. He's not suffering. I actually had a family member tell me they're older and they're actually pro-life. And they said, you should abort him because he's only going to suffer. And so it's just like this mindset of people Whoa. really don't understand yeah. what yeah. you know how amazing these people are with Down syndrome and other you know disabilities. And so... You know, at first it started out kind of just with Down syndrome for the Little Warrior, but then I just kind of branched out pretty quickly because I was like, no, there's other people that we need to be well, shouting you find more. that community, right? Yes. That village. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And it's amazing how quickly that community came with Little Warrior. I wasn't expecting that. That was a total surprise to me. I started noticing at first, like there'd be, like I'd get a notification, I'd look and it was a mom tagging another mom like, oh my gosh, my child has the same diagnosis. And then they'd become friends. And it's just so cool to just kind of sit back and watch this unfold. And it's like, this is such an added bonus that I didn't know was coming. (laughs) Oh, it's so good to have those connections because I think one of the strongest things you can do is like give more information to, to everybody and like the more connections you have the better you can do that because these kids are so inspirational and it's just like because I started in the background working with a, a kid with a little kid with down syndrome and just instantly fell in love and I feel bad for anyone who's not had the benefit of being able to like have a person with down syndrome in their life because they're just so special and I think maybe people when they think about down syndrome they don't think that and like Trying to change that perception. But with any child, there's going to be the good and there's going to be the bad. And I think the label of Down syndrome, everybody automatically thinks about the bad. And then that's all they see. They're apologizing to you. And you're just like, I don't need. No, it's we're good. It's fine. And and to be able to kind of find that community where they connect, like you're giving people a and you're just like, okay, I'm just it's just a shirt. But like, it's more it's so our podcast, the, the purpose behind it is to like start that conversation. And like, it's incredible that just even with 
you know, one shirt, which is like grown now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love, you know, what you guys are doing. You know, I think back to my life before Eli and I was not exposed to anyone with Down syndrome. You know, I remember back in high school, I would see, you know, them, but they were separated. And so that automatically put like a thought in my head, like, oh, there's something scary maybe. And, you know, there's a reason why they're not in the classroom with me. And so I just kind of always had that in the back of my head, like there's something wrong or, you know, scary. And so, you know, when I got Eli's diagnosis, I started like scanning my brain. Okay, think, 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 who do I know? Do I know anyone? And this mom came to mind that I used to see when my girls were little, I did a thing called MOPS and it stood for Mothers of Preschoolers. And so there was this mom there and I remember seeing her in the parking lot and she had a little guy with Down syndrome and she always had this giant smile on her face and she was always so happy and getting him out of the car and talking to him and I remember thinking if I ever have a baby with Down syndrome I want to be like her and so when I got his diagnosis I she was like the first person that I thought of and so I'm like okay what was her name and I was trying to remember and I go on Facebook and I'm scanning like all my friends friends and I finally found her and I messaged her and I was like okay I need to get to know you guys and so they, they invited us over for dinner and we got to know them and it was just like such a cool experience experience because it's like you just you need to find that connection where you know that it's not a bad thing because I knew I knew I remember I can still picture her you know in the parking lot with him and just so happy and just so full of joy and just like going okay I know this isn't going to be a bad thing yeah so then how did your journey to like early intervention start out did you like immediately like go search for resources did you have like a pediatrician that really helped with that You know, honestly, it was a lot of, you know, friends saying, okay, you know, this is what you need to do. We actually had, you know, people reach out from, you know, the Down Syndrome Association of Orange County. So I just kept like people kept saying, and I kept finally like after like the 10th person saying something to me, because, you know, we have like, you know, friends who have, you know, their, you know, sister-in-laws, you know, speech therapist or something. So, and then, so I had like friends of friends starting to reach out and then finally like, okay, these people keep telling me about this place called ICEC. These people keep telling me about, you know, early intervention. Okay, I got to listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you know if like, at that time that your goal was to have him fully included? Or was that something that came about, like, you know, as you kind of went through this journey? Yeah, it definitely came about. I really didn't know anything about inclusion. I didn't know much anything, honestly. And so, yeah, just kind of came, you know, meeting people, hearing people's stories. One person that had a huge impact on me is my friend Lindsay. She's actually adopted two children with Down syndrome, and it's because her older daughter, who's the same age as my older daughter, she's 20, was in a classroom with a little guy with Down syndrome. And because he was fully included, their family fell in love with him, and then they ended up adopting because of him. And it's like if he was in a separate classroom, they might not have children with Down syndrome right now. You know, and so just that got me thinking about like, okay, what's the ripple effect here? Absolutely. You know, if Eli's hidden away you know, that might affect someone else's future, you know, and it's not fair. And it always <laughs> sounds so tempting, right? Like the way that they couch it. Right. So, you know, a lot of times it's like, oh, you know, he's going to need a lot. Mm-hmm. So we do have a classroom and, and, you know, it kind of, you know, makes it, you're just like, okay, yeah, for sure. Like there's less kids in the class and, but they don't talk about all the research, all the evidence-based, right. you know, research, I guess, evidence-based research yeah. that's out there that's saying like, no, that's the opposite of what we need to do. Children learn from other children and early intervention is like the big key. But that's right. just with 
any child. Yeah. We had uh, Terry Brown on our podcast recently, and she's in Capistrano. She's, she's here in Southern California. She's Cal- in Irvine. No, you know, yeah. yeah, you know yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you yeah, guys are so, learners. And just her, yeah, of course. Just like, this is how we teach and not yeah. just kids it's, with Down syndrome. Right. It's every Everyone, child. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, even just the concept of exposing children to different viewpoints, different learning styles. Yeah. I mean, having that cookie cutter, we're going to have one way of learning. It doesn't work for all kids. So if you don't expose them to, you know, Susie learns this way and Jacob learns this way, like right. it doesn't help anybody. No. And so it's not just about you know, what's the overarching benefit, but I mean, just in terms of like teaching diversity, right? we need to have that for all kids. Definitely. I had to learn the hard way. My girls were in a private school. Mm-hmm. And so that's all I was exposed to before yeah. I had Eli. Yeah. And one of my girls, you know, she has, you know, a lot of diagnoses, but I think her main one is ADHD and you know she did not fit in their box and they were not happy with her and they did awful things and I was so timid back then like one day they ended up duct taping her hand to the desk what yeah because she wouldn't like stop moving her yeah hand. yeah she just you know she needed to like be up and fit she was very fidgety and you know, now if that happened to Eli oh all hell would break loose oh, yeah. but yeah. back then I was so timid you know, I didn't know anything about advocacy. Well, like your first instinct as a parent is to want to trust the school. And these are people we went to church with. They were older women. Like they're my, you know, I'm supposed to, they've been teaching for years. I'm just a mom, you know? And so I just was like, oh, okay. You know, but in the back of my head, I'm screaming going, this is not right. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know what to do about it, you know? And, you know, I ended up, long story short, I ended up pulling her from the school and homeschooling her. And that was awesome i mean i honestly we've done like every type of school now <laughs> but yeah i had to learn the hard way that you know not every kid fits into a box and you know it's sad that there are certain schools that you know well you don't fit in this box sorry <laughs> yeah. like, we've always been doing things this way so we're just going to exactly. continue to, and it's just like no and the longer that a man and i do this area of the law and expose ourselves to just so many different types of people the more that we're just like we need to just start over like this educational system is like we can't keep saying we gotta fix it and it's just like yeah no it's broken but it's not even that it's like more than it's just like done (laughs) we can't do this anymore well it's bigger than just the way the system is i think it's and we talk about this a lot like the perceptions that the general population has around are differently abled children Mm -hmm. and people in general thinking that they're like a subclass you know set of people with they're not and you know it there's too many people who think that way unfortunately and it's because when we all were in school Mm -hmm. there was so much segregation i mean when our parents were in school some of these children weren't even allowed to go to school yeah and it was allowed you know so We've come a long way in the last like 40, 50 years, but not n- nearly anywhere near as right. far as we've come. Yeah. Too. And I think honestly, that's why the family member who told me to abort him is because they grew up where kids were institutionalized right. like Eli. Yeah. And so, of course, they thought they were suffering. They were an institution, yeah. Yeah. Right. you know, yeah. no expectations. Right. So it's just like, well, he's just going to suffer. And yeah. it's like, no, I'm going to expect him to live a happy right. life. Exactly. And that's what he will have. Exactly. Just like you would for any other. Child. Right. Yeah. Right. Definitely. So how did the idea come about to write the book, Eli Included? So well, I, once he, you know, started preschool, we went into his, you know, IEP at three going, okay, we want him included. 
we live in Orange, and so the Orange Unified, I had heard rumors that they were an inclusive school district. So I went in very hopeful. And the preschool is actually great. They have, Eli was in a classroom with typical peers. Okay. And so for me, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was yeah. perfectly happy with that. I wasn't going to push it. And, you know, so in, especially with preschool. So I was just like, okay, we're happy. And so he went there. And then, but as the time got closer for kindergarten, you know, I started hearing like stories of kids that were not included. Yeah. And so I just actually ended up writing Eli included as kind of like a step of faith. Mm. Like he's going to be included. Wow. Like this is going to happen. Exactly. This is the path. Exactly. Don't don't question it. Exactly. Yeah. And so we actually went to his IEP and they did not want to include him. And we had put in the charter school um, his lottery system and so we'd put in like his little ticket and we actually got an extra point because we live in the city that the charter school is in so we had like two tickets in the lottery so I was like hopeful but we you know still weren't sure and so we went to his IEP meeting and yeah the lady said you know well if he's included he's just going to be in the back of the classroom with his aide trying to do all the work I was like horrified. I was just like, I was so shocked. I mean, actually I really wasn't, I was kind of expecting that from her, (laughs) but still I was just so just like sad that they don't, you know, see his potential. Yes. That's what's going to happen when they haven't even seen it done. They haven't even tried. They haven't even tried. That's the expectation. Right. She's not even saying like, Hey, we're going to try a couple of things. Like, let's just, you know, just, I think that's what, oftentimes happens is that labels there and then they start believing the propaganda if you will yeah. and it's just like well yeah he's just going to be in the back trying to do it and it's yeah. just like why don't we be a little bit more positive and like let's just try it right let's just try it yeah. and keep your opinions to yourself yeah. thank you yeah. some higher expectations higher just like you would yeah. for any other child right yeah. and so that's what my husband i was basically speechless right. like i was just like i can't believe this is happening right now so thankfully my husband was there and he stepped to the plate and he was like well why can't we just try <laughs> like yeah. hello and so they finally agreed, like, I think a 30-day trial or something. And I'm thinking to myself, 30 okay. days. Yeah. I know I said try, but that's not even, no, like, let's give it a good effort. Right. And especially the first 30 days, of course he's going to be like, what's happening? I'm in a new right. environment, right. a new teacher, new friends. Yeah. Yeah. This is kindergarten yes. now. It's going to take 30 days for him to just even acclimate, exactly. let alone get ready to learn. Yeah. So they're setting him up for failure. It was so frustrating. And so we ended up, I think it was that week we found out that he got accepted to the charter school. And I was just, oh my gosh, just so relieved. Yeah. (laughs) And how's the experience at the charter school been? Was it just night and day or it was still a little bit of an effort to keep him included? No. So this is their second year and their whole, they're based on inclusion. Like they value everyone. I remember the first meeting I went to, I was just like sobbing because they're just sitting there telling me like, Eli, we view Eli as equal. He is not different than anyone else. He is valued here. He's a, you know, an equal member of this school. And I just remember just tears just streaming. Like 180 Exactly. the other perception. Exactly. And yeah, we want him here. He's valued. And it's just like, Oh, thank you. This is what we wanted. You know, we're just so grateful to be there. Just so grateful. I mean, it took him, you know, like the first couple of weeks were hard because it was a full day. Yeah. You know, he went from going three hours to now he's a full time student. And so the first couple of weeks, there were a lot of tears. Mm -hmm. But now he's doing great. He has a little best friend, little Caesar. So sweet with him. Like every time I come to pick him up, Caesar helps him up and gives him his backpack and give me a high five. And yeah, he's just 
you know, and everyone, like, we come in in the morning, all these girls are up, Eli's here, and they run up and give him hugs, and it's just been such it's a fun experience. It's not only helping him, it's helping everyone, just exactly. as we had the experience where it was like, okay, the children are segregated, like, right. and yeah, there's something, in your little mind, something's wrong, like, I don't yeah. know, you know, and, like, those kids don't have no. that. Yeah, well, like, one of those students might end up growing up to becoming a teacher. Exactly. And they're going to have a child in their class and they're not going to have that perception no. of, oh, he's just going to be in the back. Right. They're immediately going to be like, oh, yeah, bring them in. Right. 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 We need more kids that are going to turn into teachers to have that background. Exactly. Yeah. And so we kind of touched on this, but advocate like a mother. <laughs> Tell us how that got onto a shirt and what it's become. Well, the funny thing is, is I kept hearing that like in the back of my head. And it was just one of those things like, I mean, I'm always thinking of shirt ideas, so it wasn't like, and I usually write them down, but for whatever reason, I didn't write that one down. I think in my head, I was like, oh, there's no way that that's not taken already. Like, that's got to be out there. And I kept hearing it. And so, like, months went by. And so, finally, I was like, okay, I'm going to sit down and look it up. And I Googled it, and it said no search results. And I was like, what? (laughs) That's weird. And so, I kept digging, thinking, oh, surely it's got to be out there. And, like, nothing came up and so I put it on a shirt everyone loved it you know and then I noticed people started taking it and I was like so I reached out and got it trademarked and the lawyer you know has to do a lot of research and they're like yeah it's never been used before and so it was really easy to trademark but it was funny like the people that started stealing it were so angry they're like, you can't take that. You can't have that. And I'm like, well, why not? not? Yeah, why not? You're going <laughs> right. to be like, no, I'm going to do right. it. Right. Are you going to tell Nike that they can't right. have just do it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was hard while it was being trademarked because yeah. it's like an eight, nine month process. Yeah. And people oh. were taking it and fighting me. Like this one girl came out with a shirt that said trademark this in response. Yeah, she was fiery. (laughs) And like all you're trying to do is promote something so positive and amazing, not something negative. Right, right. Trolls out there on the internet are just Yeah. You know, I'm actually like looking back, I'm thankful it happened because it made me a stronger person. You know, because at first I was like, forget it, I'm going to give up and I'm not even going to like get this trademarked. I'm just going to. But you weren't doing it just for a shirt. Like right. it's beyond that. So much yeah. more. Yeah. And, it, and it's just like, well, you could have thought of it, but you didn't. You didn't. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you may have thought of it, but you didn't act on it. Right. right. Or think you know? of something else. Yeah. There's plenty yeah. of ideas yeah. out there. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> so then you turned it into a podcast. Correct. Yeah. So I started thinking about it. I'm like. They're like, especially through Littlest Warrior, like I love sharing other people's stories and we do, I don't do it very often, but I used to do Littlest Warrior Wednesday where I would share these stories of kids and I'm like, there's so many awesome moms out there that are doing so many amazing things and we need to be encouraging each other and supporting each other, not tearing each other down. And I started thinking about like, how cool would it be to feature moms who are just doing amazing things? And the very first mom I thought of was Rachel Coleman from Signing Time. I mean, she was, you know just a mom before her daughter was born deaf and then she's now brought sign language into people's homes you know it's just she's done such an incredible thing you know just out of her daughter being born deaf and it's just like there's so many stories out there like that where moms are just you know advocating for their child and doing amazing things and becoming a mom just like completely changes you i have an 11 month old so it just i was 
Vicky Brett for so long, right? And even <laughs> like before that, I was Vicky Gillette. Like, and then I got married, and that and that was like a small like, okay, I still am who I am. But having a kid just like changes. Yeah everything and maybe you never thought that you would be in this position and be this activist like which is just so random right you're just like what (laughs) like i wish i could tell 18 year old me like this is what you're doing because you wouldn't leave it but i think that that's what's so telling about a lot of these moms that are out there and they're like just having simple ideas and like changing the world with it and it's so important because i don't think that we hear we're in this Kardashian culture, right? Mm-hmm. And it's very hard because that's what's out there. And so then the expectation is like, well, you have to do that. And it's just like, okay, but you're not seeing behind. They probably have like six nannies. And, right. and even if they don't, there's nothing wrong with having a nanny. <laughs> but like it's out there and, it, and you think it's just so easy, you know, and we're not talking about the real stuff, like the nitty gritty about yeah. what's happened to Eli and like how he was being ostracized and like how, you know, you had to make a great change to a charter school because it could have been bad. It could have been yeah. a charter school that isn't inclusive. And I think I know the one that you're talking about because it did the one in orange, yeah, from the people from Chime. Yeah. And it's like, we needed that in Orange County. And this is only its second yeah. year, which is incredible. But right. yeah, just to see the transformation is just like, I'm sure you never thought that this is where you were going to end up. Yeah, but like, definitely. But it fits you. It suits you well. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is like, we recently moved. And so I was going through like old boxes and I found bunch of stuff from high school and in it was this timeline that I had made when I was a freshman and on it I said you know I was going through just kind of looking at it and all of a sudden I see this little picture of this little baby with down syndrome and it says adopt a baby with down syndrome when I'm 48 oh my god and I'm like it's so crazy that like I had that back you know when I was a freshman in high school did not remember that at all you know and then I'm like oh maybe it'll happen still (laughs) but it's just so crazy that that like was in my heart you know like I had a place there for it even though I didn't remember it when I you know got Eli's diagnosis but it's like that's so cool (laughs) so on your podcast you share a lot of stories you have like guests on to share different stories I think your goal is just to kind of spread that more, right? To more families. Yeah, and- yeah, definitely. Just share stories of moms just doing amazing things. We definitely want a second season to come. Uh, <laughs> life's kind of crazy right now. My mom yeah. um, was recently placed on hospice. Uh-huh. So the podcast is just kind of on the back burner yeah. for right now, but it's yeah. definitely second season yeah. is coming. Yeah. <laughs> just don't know when. And people have the time to catch up on season <laughs> right. one, right? So go hit, they can find it at your website and can, um, yeah, listen. anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we so appreciate you coming and sharing your story and Eli's story. And we'll post some information about how you can get the book and listen to your podcast on our show notes. But if a parent is listening and they just feel like drawn to you and want to connect, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Well, I'm on Instagram. My personal account is, it's spelled weird and I regret this, but it's (laughs) Michelle. It's M-E-E-S-H-E-L-L Sullivan. And then I'm also, you know, on Littlest Warrior. It's Littlest underscore Warrior. So that's where I'm most active is on Instagram. And then my website is littlestwarrior.com and then advocatelikeamother.org. Thank you so much for coming on Michelle. We enjoyed having you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye.